Good morning, friends. Welcome to Sniffy's podcast, your bi-weekly dose of positivity. I'm your host Howard. Hello, everybody. I'm Ting, co-hosting this podcast with Howard. Today, we will be discussing something that many dog owners have asked themselves at some point: Should I bring my dog to a training class? Is it worth the time and investment? We will dive deeply into this topic with a professional dog trainer today. And let's welcome Greg. Greg is a certified dog trainer with more than 10 years of experience. He has training certificates from the American Kennel Club, the American Professional Dog Trainers Certification Council, and Karen Pryor Academy, the home to top dog trainers. Welcome, Greg. We are thrilled to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. My name is Greg. I've been、uh, working with animals for over 10 years, as Ting said.、Um, I'm certified through the Karen Pryor Academy and the、uh, Council for Professional Dog Trainers.、Uh, I studied animal behavior in college, and currently I'm teaching、uh, group classes at my local community center. Thank you, Greg. I still remember the first time you invited Ting and I to shadow your training class in 2018. It was my first time seeing how you train dogs, and I was super impressed. Those dogs didn't listen to their owners, but they actually listened to you. So to me, it was like magic, you know. And as I know you better, I could tell that you are very passionate about dog training. So I'm wondering if you can share your story why you wanted to become a dog trainer. Definitely, I grew up with lots of pets,、uh, especially dogs.、Uh, with my parents, they've had、uh, seven dogs through my lifetime. And I've got my own dog now, a collie named Dandelion.、Uh, so growing up, I just loved working with animals. I wanted to be a vet, and vet schools are very competitive. So I wanted to get any advantage I could.、Uh, so that, so I, when I was looking for schools to apply to,、uh, one of them was、uh, Canisius College in Buffalo, New York, had an animal behavior program, and I thought that would be a great advantage. For getting into vet school, so I started the program there and just immediately fell in love with the behavior aspect of it.、Uh, there were a lot of classes specifically for training, which I loved, but also just overall,、uh, the animal behavior experience was so fascinating to me that I switched courses. And then,、uh, about a year after graduating college, I got my first certification. Thanks for sharing, Greg. It's interesting you mentioned you wanted to be a vet at the beginning, but eventually became a dog trainer. You know this makes sense to me because I'm pretty sure that people know what vets are doing, but I guess not everyone is familiar with the concept of dog training. Since you're a professional dog trainer, I have two questions for you. What is dog training, and why is it so important to every dog? Yeah. Basically, in a in a broad sense, dog training is just shaping your dog's behavior to meet your needs and theirs.、Uh, it's important to help them be calm around other people and dogs to live their life、uh, in a you know productive, happy, comfortable way、uh, for not only you and your dog but also those around you. But one thing I like to emphasize is、uh, for meeting your own needs. You and your dog working together to find what works best for you and your situation,、uh, but so in in a broad sense, dog training is just shaping your dog's behavior to meet those needs. 
I totally agree. I am a dog owner myself, and I know I am in a situation that's different from others, and my dog is different as well. But he doesn't have to be the perfect dog. I just want him to live happily and safely. So, Greg, can you share with us yearly how can we train a dog? Absolutely. There are a lot of different routes you could take to train your dog. Uh, some of the main ones would be signing up for a group class, so、uh, you and several other people with their dogs, led by a professional trainer,、uh, over a you know number of weeks. You could have a private trainer, so a one-on-one session where it's just you, your dog, and the trainer working、uh, in whatever environment works best for you.、Uh, or you could、uh, work with your dog yourself and train them using、uh, resources. Things online, books, videos,、um, to help again shape your dog's behavior to meet your needs. Ah, I see. So, what are some pros and cons of each option, in your opinion?、Um, so, I'll, I'll start off by saying that you know everything I talk about is from my experience and my understanding of it.、Um, but of course, every dog and owner is different, so it's best to consult with the professional to. Uh, make sure that your specific situation is being addressed the best way possible. Certainly, I'll, I'll run through some of the pros and cons of each option. So, group classes are、uh, a great way to get a lot of different experiences for your dog.、Uh, a trainer will usually put together a curriculum that will cover many different behaviors, and you'll be able to get a lot of different experience from just one class. Uh, they're usually more cost-effective as well, so you'll get a lot of value for、um, for signing up for a group class versus some of the other options,、uh, where you can learn a lot for a smaller price.、Uh, it's also very beneficial to practice around other people and dogs.、Uh, for better or for worse, group classes have a lot of distractions, which can help strengthen a lot of behaviors,、uh, but also can certainly.、Uh, Detract from your learning,、uh, depending on the situation.、Um, to sum it up really quick, it's、uh, cost-effective. You learn a lot of things.、Um, however, sometimes it's not as catered to your needs. If you only have a couple of things you want to work on、uh, in the big scope of a group class, you might only spend you know thirty minutes or so total working on the behavior you really want to practice. Um, but just because there's so much information, the trainer might move past it kind of quickly.、Um, so it's not as specific, but depending on your needs, you can meet、uh, a lot of different behaviors through a group class. As for private lessons, that's sort of the opposite, right? The、uh, lessons will be very specifically catered to you and what you and your dog need, and also, sort of on the flip side, versus group classes, they can be more expensive as a result. Um, you won't learn quite as much, not as efficiently, but you will learn more thoroughly. So, if you only want to work on a couple of behaviors,、uh, a private lesson will help you focus on just those. Another great benefit of private lessons is that you can work wherever you would like to. So, in-home lessons are really helpful, and sometimes a trainer with experience can see your home environment and use that. To their advantage, and say, you know, oh, maybe if we just, you know, shut this door or put a gate here, or, or see 
you know, when someone comes home from work and what your dog's reaction is, uh, how to work with those situations to, again, really fine tune specifically for your dog and your situation. That That's really the long and short of private lessons is a little bit more expensive, but super fine tuned um, for the most part. Uh, now, as far as teaching your, yourself with resources online, um, the biggest advantage is that a lot of resources are free. You can go at your own pace. Um, you can really learn exactly what you want to with your dog. However, one downside is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, a lot of older ideas on dog training actually have been shown to be harmful. Uh, they're outdated uh, and you don't necessarily know how it's going to affect your dog without that professional expertise weighing in. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the accessibility is wonderful. Uh, a lot of resources are cheap or free, um, but not having some someone else present can also, you know, slow down training. One fun example, when I was getting my first certification through the Karen Pryor Academy, um, I was working with my Corgi Scamp and uh, one of the workshops there we had to, one exercise was we would all swap dogs and work with them and just train just to see kind of how our dogs responded to a new person. So we were just doing basic things. Uh, you know, I would ask Scamp to sit and he would sit, no problem. But as soon as somebody else started working with him, if they asked Scamp to sit, he would just stare at them. He didn't know what to do. Um, so we were all kind of stumped. We weren't really sure, you know, he would respond to me perfectly. Uh, and then the lead trainer came over and he asked Scamp to sit and he did right away. So we all thought, you know, this guy's got the magic touch. He just knows how to talk to Scamp in a way that he'll respond. But then he pointed out uh, so Scamp is a corgi. He's very short, very low to the ground. Uh, every time I asked Scamp to sit, I subconsciously took a small step backward. And since Scamp was so short and low to the ground, he was just looking at my feet. He thought the cue to sit down was me stepping backwards. That's what Scamp was responding to. It wasn't anyone talking. Um, so all, all that to say, just having a professional with experience weighing in, looking at your situation specifically, can bring a lot of light to, the, to it. There might be something really simple that you're missing, but just another set of eyes can really help to uh, move you through whatever you're running into. Wow, that's a very interesting story. Since the trader was very experienced and professional, he could point it out right away why Scam didn't listen to your classmate by just observing how you train Scam. I think this story kind of told me one thing, that working with a professional dog trainer is definitely the most efficient and effective way to train dogs. But Greg, I guess lots of our audience will have the same question like me. What are the average price of group classes and hiring a private trainer? Certainly. So, at, at least in my area in uh, Rochester, New York, uh, typically, for, for the most part, roughly speaking, uh, one private session, that's usually you know an hour to an hour and a half, is about the cost of a five or six week long group session. Um, so around here, that's about $200 or so. Uh, for each. So for one private lesson or one group session, uh, wow. uh, five or six weeks, it's about 200. So 
Of course, that varies a lot by uh, where you are, what kind of class, what kind of training you're looking for. Um, but just as an example, as sort of a baseline, that's what it is around here. That's good to know. It seems that we have lots of options to choose from when training a dog. But I am curious. So what should be the first step to take if I am thinking of training a dog? So as I mentioned before, thinking about your needs specifically for you and your dog. If you're pretty happy with how your dog behaves in general, but you're just looking for some mental stimulation or some activity or just to help you know, sharpen up some of the basics, a group class is a great choice. Um, if you have something really specific, but otherwise you either are happy with how your dog responds to the basics, you know, sit, stay, coming when called. So if you're happy with those or um, you're not interested in learning them, which is totally fine, uh, but you still need training, then a private trainer can help get a more uh, specific goal set for you. If you're able to uh, find a trainer who offers both, my advice would be just ask them. Uh, you know, you can talk to them, uh, see what their thoughts are, see if they can weigh in on it, uh, see if you can find a curriculum for the classes to see if it would cover what you're looking for. Another uh, factor to consider is uh, if your dog is easily distracted. Uh, so again, like I said before, group classes, for better or for worse, have a lot of distractions in them. So if your dog is really well behaved in your home, but out in public, they have a hard time focusing, uh, then again, a private trainer or uh, training with resources online might be a better option. Uh, but if your dog is more comfortable around other dogs and people, then group class could be a great option. I remember when I first got my dog Chubby and I was thinking of training him, but I was not quite sure if he would be comfortable around other dogs. But I took him to a basic manner group class. He was actually a little bit aggressive and he kept barking at other dogs he saw. And we ended up setting up a visual barrier in front of him so he couldn't see others and he stopped barking. But that's obviously very frustrating. So what do you suggest to do if things like that happen? Uh, again, this is kind of where a, a trainer's expertise can weigh in. Um, learning in a, in a group situation with a, a visual barrier like that uh, can actually really help a dog's reactivity. So reactivity just being like you described with Chubby, uh, when a dog sees another dog or a person or some trigger and they uh, get really fired up, they get uh, they start barking, they might pull on their leash or jumping. Um, sometimes it is aggressive, sometimes it is playful. When it comes to addressing it, you can approach, for the most part, you can approach it the same way, whether it's friendly or not friendly. Uh, so uh, your trainer might be able to swap from a group class to private lessons. Uh, that's something I used to do if a dog wasn't fitting in in a group class or having a hard time concentrating. Um, I would just, you know, transfer the cost of the group class to a private lesson and say, you know, your dog isn't learning very effectively. Let's set them up for success and, uh, you know, get them in a, in a space where they're able to succeed and learn much more effectively. Talking to your trainer about that um, 
a good trainer would hopefully notice that your dog isn't effectively learning in that situation and would hopefully prompt uh, that conversation or you know bring it up to your trainer um, that said the visual barriers can be a really effective tool i used to teach a class at the uh, local humane society where we only took in reactive dogs so you might think that's counterintuitive having a room full of dogs who don't like other dogs or get too excited by other dogs but that was one of the most efficient and effective ways to train a lot of dogs at once we would have the barriers set up uh, we would practice a lot of exercises with really high value reinforcers uh, and then over time gradually we would you know move the barriers aside let the dogs peek at each other if they stayed calm we would continue the rewards uh, and, and so on so it can be really effective in a group setting to learn that way so did those dogs get along very well after taking the program that's a great question uh of course every dog is different um usually the goal was to get dogs comfortable uh just seeing each other so uh at the end of six weeks or so again it varied so much but a lot of the clients were extremely happy if they could walk past another dog or within 10 5 or 10 feet or so uh, if they could get closer to a dog because it can be very disruptive on a walk or in your yard or you know the vet's office or the groomer or anything like that uh, if your dog just gets really overexcited by seeing other dogs so the goal was usually just have your dog stay comfortable uh being in close proximity to other dogs so in that regard it was usually very successful um sometimes dogs would take the class two or three times and get better and better every single time um so it was certainly very effective wow that sounds awesome you know, Ting and I have interviewed lots of dog owners before, and we've heard a lot from them saying that, oh, they were not satisfied with the result. I know that there were lots of different factors which may affect whether the training is successful or not, but I believe that trainer's method definitely plays an important role of it. For some trainers, they use e-colors for training, whereas trainers like you use a reward-based system or reward-based method. I'm curious that for owners who are not familiar with dog training, how do they choose a trainer? So uh, at a baseline, you should look for someone with some kind of certification. Um, as I've mentioned before, I've got uh, the Council for Professional Dog Trainers and the Karen Pryor Academy. So CPDT or KPA, uh, those are great options. Um, the IAABC is another fantastic organization, the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. Um, they are the top as far as understanding behavior and how to work with it in a practical setting. Um, so a certification is a great place to start. Unfortunately, not all certifications are equal. There are some certifications that are very easy to get and there isn't a very high standard for the trainers. Uh, some certifications use very old school methods that are outdated uh, and like i mentioned earlier might be harmful to your dog uh, so it's it can be tricky uh, anybody can call themselves a dog trainer there's no legal grounds for that 
Uh, so it can be hard to find a reputable trainer. Um, but what I would look for is someone who bases their training in positive reinforcement, reward-based training, encouraging good behaviors rather than punishing bad behaviors. That's what we want in a good trainer is they uh, find alternatives to behaviors that we don't like. They encourage good behaviors that we do like. They work with environmental management, uh, like you mentioned with Chubby, something like the visual barriers. Um, and Howard, as you mentioned, the, the e-collars or electric shock collars, things like that, prong collars, choke chains, anything that causes pain or discomfort for a dog uh, will be harmful to their mental health. So things like that can make aggression or anxiety worse in dogs. Uh, if they don't have anxiety or aggression, it can cause them to start. Uh, and these have all been studied and scientifically analyzed. And this is very well known in the community uh, that those aversive methods are harmful to a dog's well-being. So certainly, at the very least, steer clear of that. Uh, and a positive reinforcement reward-based trainer with certification is usually a good option. Ah, got it, got it. That's very useful. Thank you, Greg. So basically, you are saying that there are two things we need to look for when choosing a trainer. First, their certificates. For example, like KPA, CPDT, IAABC are all good choices. Second, their training method. So we are looking for positive reinforcement or say reward-based training. Since you also mentioned earlier that we can teach ourselves using some online resources, so I'm wondering if you could provide us with some tips of how to find useful information online. Or say, do you recommend any website or YouTube channels? Absolutely. Uh, the organizations I mentioned before, their websites have a lot of fantastic resources, um, a lot of webinars for professional trainers or casual at-home trainers. They have some paid courses, sort of like a virtual group class. Uh, well, not a group, I suppose, since it's just you, but uh, a virtual course, uh, like the same setup as a group class where it's a curriculum each week. Um, they have newsletters, articles, uh, things of that nature. So yeah, I, I would look at uh, Karen Pryor, Council for Professional Dog Trainers, IAABC. Uh, all of their websites have a lot of wonderful resources for uh, at-home training. Thanks for sharing, Greg. So today we've covered a lot, such as what dog training is and why it's important, the pros and cons of training classes, hiring private trainers, and learning ourselves, and how to choose a trainer. For the next episode, we will continue talking about dog training with Greg. Thanks for tuning in today's episode. Your thoughts and feedback are very important to us, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Whether it's a story you'd like to share, a topic you're curious about, or you are interested in joining us as a guest speaker, please email to info at sniffylabs.com. Info at sniffylabs.com. See you next time.